Welcome to the third podcast of Agile on Air. Uh, in this section, we're building on our series of building agile teams. Mm. So this is this is number three. We've already covered why you should do it: cross-functional teams, co-location. Um, in this session, we are going to cover small teams um, and possibly long-lived teams. Right. There we go. Two sections. Yeah. Two sections in one. So. I was just wondering whether it's worth noting that we don't generally wear the same clothes all the time. This is actually several episodes recorded on the same day. <laughs> yes, yes. Although, actually, um, after, after the joys of putting on weight in lockdown, I don't actually have many shirts that fit anymore. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you will see me either in this one or the white one for the time being. Uh, I've uh, very much <laughs> optimised my wardrobe. Oh, have you? <laughs> Steve Jobs famously had um, yeah. a wardrobe full of the same jeans and polo neck, didn't he? Yeah, I used to work with this guy Roger, and uh, every day he came in, uh, he had a black pair of trousers, white shirt, and I started clocking onto this, and I was like, Roger, Roger, you know, have you got any other, do you wear the same trousers every day? He says, no, uh, I've got my wardrobe at home, and there's like five pairs of black, no, no, actually, sorry, it was ten pairs of black trousers, Ten pairs of shirts, rotates through in two weeks. Everything gets washed, and then it's back to ro- rotation. Same clothes every day. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mo- moving on to uh, small teams. So. That would be such a good idea. Then I wouldn't stink, would I? No, right. but yeah, the, I wouldn't it, do it's that. supposed no, to. I, it's I, supposed I, to lower I, the cogn- <laughs> cognitive load of, of your, your, your in the morning. No, absolutely. I prove so, it. I, I, I've gone further. I take the Bob Bob Geldof approach, which is I put on the clothes that I find at the end of the bed on the floor. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yes. So. Um, if you're weekend. building, if you're building agile teams, <laughs> uh, uh, the we talking about small teams. This we time. we are we are. So, uh, what what is it? The, the Scrum Guide says at the moment is it six plus or minus three? Oh, it changes. It sometimes it's five five plus or minus. Regardless of whether you're off by whatever one or where you take your yeah, advice from, it's we small. we get very similar advice from XP yeah. from other sources that the most effective teams are small teams small teams and single the, digits generally yeah two pizza teams yeah what, what do you want to yeah call the, it? The, the amazon two pizza team concept which you is know, a team that can be fed by two pizzas yeah have to be bloody big pizzas if it was me i'm a greedy bastard <laughs> <laughs> it does bit lids, yeah <laughs> whatever you want to call it we, we yeah uh, we, we maybe it goes from triads because some people believe it uh, uh, the structure of three people is very effective. Up to nine, mm-hmm. and then it's not a small team anymore, right? Well, what, but what happens after nine? What do you mean nine's not a small team? That's fine. It's like you know the the three the three model that that would be a very small team, wouldn't it? Well, so wh- why what would go wrong if you had many more than three to nine people? Well. I think sometimes you need more than three to nine people, but that's another another subject. But but the, the, the generally, the smaller team is uh, it, it's about it's a large part about trust. So it's um, it, 
when you start to get larger teams, you start to get factions within those teams. It's all about knowing. Um, so really effective teams, everybody knows each other very well, and they know their strengths and weaknesses very well, and they, and they play well as a as a, like a symbiotic organism, so they, because they can read each other and read what they're going to do and what the sort of decisions they're so, going to make. So in, in the smaller teams, that, that's it, you said trust. Trust is a massive thing, yeah. And, uh, and the trust comes from the personal relationships yep. that we're able to support with the smaller number of people. Yeah. Because as a human, I can't have personal relationships with huge numbers of people. Yep. Uh, interestingly, though, Navy SEAL teams, 16. 16? Yep. Okay. And so very, very high trust environment, obviously. And they're deployed around the world in a, in, a, in a unit of 16. I think for some operations, they'll break out into smaller pieces. But, you know, I think that... And how, how many people in the smaller... You know, that, that might be four people. Yeah, it's eight or four, yeah. 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 So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and the smaller number of people can more easily have a shared goal. Yeah. Once you start to look at more than 14, more than 20, yeah. you, you might start to recognise different priorities and goals. Yeah. Well, the other side is, just from a, a practical sense, if you've got um, a small team and you're having a, a daily meeting to, you know, so everyone understands what's going on, yeah. um, if you've got seven people talking, they take a minute each, that's great. Um, if you've got suddenly 16 people, mm. um, people start getting bored because a lot of the work doesn't affect them. The because they takes. don't share a goal with the people they're listening to, right? And the, the, the meeting becomes you know, exponentially more expensive because the meeting is getting longer in length and there's more people at it. Yeah, but I, I think we've talked about this before about... That's if you want to follow the scrum, go around every single person. What did you do yesterday? What did you do today? Got your blockers and like, well. bam, 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 bam. <coughs> if you want to do that, then it's going to take a long time with a load of people. If you go and take a more sort of Kanban approach of working through the different, um, the, the current stories that are on the board, and, talk, and, and people might be swarming around those stories, then you get a much more succinct view. Well, you well hopefully there's twice as much work there, the team's twice as big. Well, yeah, so you, you could do, if you've got a very collaborative team where two or three people are working on each ticket and you've effectively yeah. reinvented a scrum of scrums, perhaps, and yeah. you might imagine that the three people talking about each ticket have just chatted, oh, how are we doing on this this morning, yeah. before they go into the meeting. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's a, a mitigation almost for... Um, making the meeting more efficient because there are more people with more goals yeah yeah and the other thing is as teams get bigger um you, you mentioned earlier they split into factions people don't care about other people's work i've, I've had big teams and like yeah so, so they might negatively care they might be no, annoyed but, that other people are working but, on something but they sh <laughs> they kind of should care right so it, it's interesting i've been reading like um General um, Stanley McChrystal's team of teams recently, and um, is saying it's interesting the way they worked with the um, the Apollo mission, 
and they changed the culture so that there was more flow of information, which seemed more inefficient, so more people were open to more information flows. Now, I, I get it that sometimes people are just interested in what they're working on, but actually, if you're working on a complex system, you shouldn't be. You should be interested in more than just your tunnel vision view of the problem that you're trying to solve. So you do need to be open to other areas and other complexities involved in the product that you're trying to deliver, I think. And they should be open to collaborating and contributing outside of the piece of work that I'm immediately doing mm. as well. And, and um, then I suppose in a larger team, a larger group of people, does it become harder <coughs> for people to have that sense of shared responsibility? It's, it's um, a strange thing that a single team with many, many people in, actually do we just lose the feeling of team? Yeah, you probably will lose the feeling of team at a certain point, right? Um, but uh, I think you've got to work out because, all right, so you, if you've got a, a product that you're developing that genuinely needs more than that, just that small team, there is a certain, you, you, you'll build up people within that team and you get to a certain point and there's a certain point and maybe it's you get you start to get into double digits. You go, well, actually, do I need to split the team now? Do I need to have two individual teams working on something? And when you do that, you've got to make uh, you've got to make a very deliberate decision about whether you're going to accept that overhead of inter-team in, inter communication, which actually is is is, is more of a burden. Than, than having everybody collaborating within the same team. And so there's a balance, I think. There's a, and, and, and it's, it's and that not that assumption easy. that everybody needs to know what everybody else is doing. So with, within a single scrum team, actually, there isn't, that assumption does exist. We're all responsible for doing this together. Everything we do, we stand behind together. So we should have an awareness. And, and that's why the daily stand-up is really helpful. And you can hear something and say, oh, I would like to share some knowledge or contribute to that. Yeah. Um, so that that's fine, but sometimes we look at operational teams, for example, they tend to be much larger, don't they? Mm. Yeah, and I, I do think it's a maturity thing as well. So um, I really like your Navy SEALs example because they are probably very mature teams that stick together for a long well, they, time. They're, they're together for years, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they, they've really developed that trust. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen amazing teams of, of 16 people, and I was going in there as an agile coach about to say, why have you got such a large team? But they were, they were an operations team, like, like you mentioned, um, and they were very efficient in how they operated, and it was useful to just work as one team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of understand that as, as teams get bigger, it's not it's not a cliff edge. It's like whoops, no. <laughs> you've you've hit twelve people. Yeah, that's it. Oh, you've hit the magic number. You must thou Boom. shalt split. But, yeah. but, but in practice, you you probably find those mature, large teams do tend to a small number of individuals will self-organise around a problem as it comes in. And where I've seen that the daily stand-up for them work very effectively was um, a lot of work needed to be done by the team, and unfortunately because of the way their work was structured, their teams were structured, a lot of it would be waiting on a supplier or waiting on more information to, to come or waiting for something to be available for them. So a lot of blocks work essentially. So they would report by exception. Is 
it would just be still blocks, still blocks. Okay, yeah, we, we're making progress on this. This is what we're actively working on. So they would use the board to guide their conversation. There was masses of work. They recognised that actually they just shouldn't talk about a lot of it. But the self-organisation mm. allowed them to to have those meetings and to collaborate effectively. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So effectively, they were small teams. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, the other thing is, sometimes large teams are quite appropriate when you need a diverse set of skills yeah. to make one product, right? So, so if you look at most software stacks these days, um, highly complicated, right? So, you know, typical e-commerce environment, you'll have front end often in React or something quite specific like that. So, so you need somebody who can do JavaScript and, and React and then you're going to need somebody who can actually, generally those people aren't the people who can do nice HTML as well, so you need design and, and you need some UX, then you need somebody who's going to do some microservices, and then you need somebody who's going to do some back-end work on the e-commerce system. So you're starting to build, and, and we're not even mentioning the testers. Because wouldn't it be such a... <laughs> yeah, so actually we're making an assumption that we've already talked about in a previous section, which is you do need all of the different skills inside your team. So we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're not talking about the web team and, no. and the JavaScript team. We're, we're talking about the team that has all yeah. the skills within it. To, uh, and, to and, uh, and like, you know, evidently we'd love people who are full stack, but you know, I Everybody think there's people- knows everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's people rare, especially in the, in the age of specialization, which we're in at the moment. You know, when you look at DevOps tools, for example, highly specialist and there's people who kind of like a you, you know they're, they're kind of continuous integration and 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 infrastructure as code experts rather than um you know rather than you know tending to the to, to the actual business of writing functional code all the time and 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 that's important and 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 there's lots of specialities and it gets it gets even more specialized, especially when you start to introduce frameworks into the mix that are not just JavaScript, it's JavaScript and have to know more about this kind of massive framework that we're integrating. So everything is complicated. There's lots of specialisms. You need to get these guys to work all together on a team. Sometimes that team's gonna get a bit bigger. Yeah. I can can a team ever be too small? <laughs> team of Two? Well, they they say, <laughs> they say that um, seven plus or minus two, or, or you know, uh, depending on like, where you read it. But you know, what happens if you have a team of two, three? We say we do it, what we can with the people we've got. Right, right. right. So, so I look at it like this: teams own code, and if you want to get your team of one to own the code base, then you've got a problem. If you if you've got a it, team of two then it's probably still a bit of a problem um you know you need to add a few more people so that you've got um that ability to have you know the xp term collective ownership and you, you, you look at why do you want a team in the first place which is to provide some kind of longevity and re resilience around what you're trying to do yeah but uh, they're kind of run over by a bus but we syndrome. don't say yeah. oh no i've only got one person okay we'll all stop now but yeah we, we should aspire to an appropriately resilient structure, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Resilient structure. And it's the case of like, if you want to actually do some good work, you want some different opinions in the room. So like a team of 
one or team two, you can have less divergence of opinion if you start growing that team a bit more and, and, and you can generate some more ideas. Yeah, yeah, so maybe resilience is my bottom bar and then I build on that with yeah. a, an extra couple of people with um, better better understanding, better products, better quality. Yeah, I'm working with a guy, that, uh, not, not, not working with, I've got a mate actually, who's like, um, he's the only person who knows a particular skill in the company he's working with. And but he's expensive. <laughs> well, no, but he's, think, he's thinking of leaving, right? So it's like, I'm looking at that company. I'm thinking, oh, your company's in trouble then. And you're just going to be in, you're just going to be a up shit creek without, without a paddle. So, you know, and that's, that's a problem. You know, if, you, if you're a company and you, and you, and you have a, a business critical, critical operation and you've only got one person who can do it, then, you know, more the fool you. Yeah. Okay, well, the off, offline for a few months while it gets rewritten. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the world care is on turning? <laughs> Indeed. So I, th- I think if um, if your organisation can only afford, you know, t- two developers, two two people to do the build, then you might have to have a small team. You might. But but generally, if you're if you're an organisation that's got more, it makes more sense to bundle those individuals working on multiple different things into a single team. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a um, piece of porting software recently that you, you know quite well um, that that was you know building agile metrics but it was a very very small team and actually some of those individuals started to leave and go and go and do other things and we were left with with nobody where actually if it was part of a larger team um, and there was a group of five six seven people maintaining a variety of metric reports it would have been much much easier to maintain that much more expensive <laughs> would have much cheaper yeah, well okay because uh, hopefully they, oh, well. that team would have been able to maintain a, a bunch of things yeah and you know loss of knowledge expensive stuff oh, that's true yeah, yep. to, don't, don't get me started but that's and, and, saved, and, a, and saved a rewrite yeah, and don't so forget yeah. the all important cost of delay if you're going to have nobody to uh Add the value, then you've got to uh, you've got to consider oh. the economics of cost of delay. It's so hard to look to the future and to really give that future cost proper weight, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and then there's there's overhead costs of teams as well. So, you know, do, do you want a, a scrum master or a product owner to work with that team? Oh, what, a scrum master for a team of what of two? <laughs> well, well, I, no, I, I seriously, no, let's, four. Uh, even as an individual, yeah. Actually, at that point, yeah. As an individual, I'm clearly not a team, but I'm doing something for someone. So there's there's my team. There's straight away a collaboration that is more than one person. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that person would sit within a marketing team or a wherever else team. Maybe, but you know, it's like it's truly about so. You could work as an individual in an organisation, right, but and not really work, really feel part of a team. But we're talking about organising as a team and having parts of the organisation that are team focused to I, I, deliver the value. We we have product implementation teams in our head, don't we? And and I think three to nine, we're happy. Yep. So to sum up, it's helpful. <laughs> Small teams are good. Small teams are good because from a practical point of view, um, things like daily stand-up, they're shorter. You can actually get it done in 15 minutes rather than rambling on. Um, 
we think from a, a social team interaction point of view, the smaller teams are better because you get a chance to build better team relationships and you can understand, you understand the strengths and weaknesses of your current teammates. Um, but we're also pragmatic, right? We don't feel like, you know, we should just set a, a, a rigorous, rigid sort of like, as soon as you get past nine, you've got to split into two teams because we're practical as well. We're practical because actually you might have a diverse set of skills needed uh, and just to get testers, developers in all the different kind of languages and components that you need to put, yeah, I, I put guess we, together. We, we'd want to be looking to encourage collaborative behaviour where people are self-organising. Um, yeah. Shared goal, trust, which is where you came in. Yeah. And all good. good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs>